Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome. Uh, this is CLCI, and we are here to uh, talk to you guys today about um, a, a fun subject. We're going to be talking to you about how to marry your expertise with your coaching practice, how to sort of bring those two together, and then also how to use that to do to advance your business, essentially. So um, uh, we were just discussing a completely different subject. So sorry, give me a moment. <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> so um, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, first, we're going to introduce everybody. So let's start with Jerome today. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Jerome. I am a CLCI admin, and I am here to hopefully ask some questions that you guys might also have. So uh, excited to get started for today. And up next, we're just going to go around Daniel or Dan. Hello, everybody. I'm Dan Alexa. I am lead facilitator and trainer with CLCI and looking forward to being here with you guys uh, on this Tuesday event. And next up, Lisa. Hi there. Welcome, everyone. I'm Lisa with Certified Life Coach Institute. I'm excited to share with you today about uh, essentially niche coaching or niche, or as I <laughs> pretend and play with the word niche. Or niche. <laughs> or niche. <laughs> coaching and how to blend the coaching model with your practice of where you're working towards in your um, coaching. Back to you, Brooke. <laughs> Hi, and I'm Brooke. I am your uh, host for the day. I'm also a coach at CLCI. And um, uh, let's begin, shall we? So uh, one thing I think a good way to segue into this is um, talk about sort of how you've done this in your own practice, what it means to be a master, what that means exactly, if you, how you take your expertise and put it into your coaching. And I know, or, or vice versa. Uh, Dan, you have some experience with this, right? So I, I was wondering do. if you might share. <laughs> yeah, so when you look at who you serve, and we talk about this a lot in the level one and the level two class, really particularly in level one when we get into marketing, who do you serve and what problem do you solve? And that begins to define your niche, niche, niche. I'm gonna trip over <laughs> all the way through. And, in the, when we take, there's the coaching model when we're one-on-one -on -one with a client and respecting that the client is the expert in their life and they are okay and have all the answers. That's one thing that that's the space when we're one-on-one, -on -one. but when we're marketing and we're putting ourselves out there and presenting ourselves as an expert, that's different than coaching. Now I, I might be teaching a class and here's the information I can share with you. Look at, here's what I can do. Here's my perspective on it. If from that, the uh, someone approaches me and says, wow, I really like your take on this idea. I'd like to work with you. Then we move into the coaching model when they come in as a client. And that's a hard one sometimes to get across in class because of the, the material we have to cover. But there's a difference between marketing and presenting yourself as an expert and then stepping into the room, closing the door and being in the coach role at that moment. 
So, so it's a, wearing two a, different hats. Yeah. So with your clients, so when you're doing this, because um, I know there are a lot of people who have um, a, a particular expertise or they have a particular bunch of areas they may want to work in, but do you very clearly explain to your client when you are coaching and when you're not coaching, when you're using which tool, or do you just let that flow naturally? When, when we are in the coaching role, when they've signed my contract to be a coaching client, we'll have an early discussion of what coaching is. And from that moment forward, it's pretty much understood that we are in the coaching role until I say something about um, taking my hat off on this one. And let's look at it a little bit different. And, and I may bring in a different approach or ask a question that is obviously leading. And at that moment, I'm going to take full ownership and say, this is a really leading question, but I just, I got to ask it. So I'm hat off. Okay. So you do, I mean, in the moment you will actually hat off and you'll just be very, very frank about that. Um, so one of the things for me though, I'm not taking my hat off. I'm always in the coaching model. I may have small teachable moments like Sometimes I know when a couple are in distress, their heart rates are at about 100 beats per minute. And so we'll, I'll use an oximeter not to measure their oxygen levels, but to actually measure their beats so that they're recognizing uh, where they are in a given moment so that they can find their options of where they want to go from that point. So small teachable moments can be brought into the coaching. It's not where I'm saying and lecturing them on what they have to and, and can and can't do and what they should and shouldn't be doing. Um, so with that within now, one of the things that I know we get questions on a lot, uh, especially with this is, well, but I have all this background with all of this experience um, that I bring with me to this role as a coach. So you're telling me I just, throw that all to the wayside? <laughs> and what do you say to those people? <laughs> I say who you are and everything that has brought you to this moment will structure your questions, but you ain't presenting it at that point. Mm -hmm. That that information goes on the about you page, your website as to why they should maybe work with you and what brings you, what brings you the Credentials, not the word. Um, credibility. Credibility. Thank you. The credibility that has brought you to this point and why why someone can should can, should consider working with you, but once the client walks in that door, your expertise is off the table. It it may create a filter through which you come into a target. You might hear a keyword differently than somebody else. That's okay, but at that the moment the client walks in. You, in the coaching mode, you have to recognize that they are the expert in their life and you are not guiding or advising them. And so um, that is, of course, if somebody's hiring you as a coach. Now, let's say there is somebody, people who you can call yourself something else and integrate coaching into your business, though. All right. It can work both ways in the sense that if you're doing strictly coaching in one way, you're going to client leads. But you can you can be a consultant and use tools that we teach in a, in in coaching, right? Um, to great benefit, I would imagine. I mean, I, myself personally, I've learned this. So, um, uh, but in that respect, you wouldn't want to call yourself a coach at that when you're doing that. Right. If if you are wearing the consultant hat, 
the use the the consultant pen over here <laughs> the the coaching model the coaching tools consultants are going to use those all day long to gather information mm-hmm. and so these tools can come this way but at the moment this hat starts to write out a plan with this pen it doesn't mm-hmm. go this way anymore it has ceased to be coaching as soon as the advice starts to be given well, i'm gonna go straight to the camera as soon as the advice starts to be given the coaching role has stopped and has now become consultant be honest about what you're doing so this and that takes you takes me to um uh, something maybe we hadn't talked about talking about that's by being very clear in your contract in your intention um uh even your session contract um is very important right uh are we doing are you hiring me as a coach or are you hiring me as a consultant um and there is a difference between the two right Mm-hmm. Um, and just being very clear. And so that explanation at the start of your, what a coach is, is important to give to a client then, right? Um, yeah. What experience have you had in doing that? Are they ever shocked? Are they ever, uh, I'm just curious. <laughs> um, With you're not my... going to tell me what to do? <laughs> I'll get the question of, occasionally it comes out, well, I've just been waiting for you to tell me what to do. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's a number of different ways to dance through that moment, but they are they are very interesting moments of well, I was just thought you were going to tell me what to do. You don't need me as a crutch. I'm I'm here to help you along, but you my goal and I I heard this phrase when I went through my hypnotherapy training. So I do two things: I do hypnotherapy and I do coaching, and I have two very I have two separate contracts. That went the client has to know what what role I am playing when they come in and I need to know which role I'm playing when they come in. The, the school that I went to for hypnotherapy, the gentleman who runs that has a set, a set of phrase in our training of how he ran his hypnotherapy practices. It's my job to be obsolete in their life as quickly as possible. That doesn't mean do the work sloppy. It doesn't mean do it rough shot and quick. It means do the right amount of work in the right amount of time so that they are self-empowered to carry themselves forward as the authority confident in their life. And when I learned the coaching model here at CLCI, I brought that same idea over and felt it it was very much in alignment mm-hmm. that I'm not here to be an ongoing crutch. I'm here to, to help you get, remember that you are okay. Remember you have all the answers and remember that you do have the ability to problem solve and figure it out for yourself. And then that magic 12 to 14 hours of interaction, they suddenly get it and start carrying forward and might not need me for another year when they would hit that next ceiling. Now, do you guys mind if we go a little bit off the, the planned course? <laughs> um, uh, is there a way to, um, I guess any, any advice you guys might give for, for um, alleviating or setting up your client to win kind of when they're coming to you for the first time, um, letting them know ahead of time or any kind of um, information that you can give them or provide them when they get there or, or, you know, just that sort of intro consultation. Any thoughts on that? I like having as much of a conversation as I can up front before we ever decide to work together to, to get an idea of what it is they want to achieve and where their stuck point is to see if we're even a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as part of my form, I have them fill out fill in some blanks to kind of bring presence and get in writing what's what's really going on so that when we sit down, we've got a little bit of a framework that they filled that form out a week before may change by the time we're sitting together. 
but at the same time, we've, we've got some platform of understanding that it's not just, oh, hi, meeting you for the first time. So you prep them with a, with a form so that you have a little bit of a background there. Lisa, do you do anything like that? Uh, I have a contract that we fill out. I kind of just kind of get into the dive of the coaching model and then ask about questions if they have any questions. But I kind of just get involved with that um, and work it out as we go along. For me, that's what I do. Yeah, I found it's it's more effective not to go into any session with an agenda, mm -hmm. because as soon as I set an agenda, now I'm not really in the yeah. coaching model of allowing the client to lead because I walked in saying, oh, this is what I expect today. So and so with that regard, you mean with the form, you don't want to have, OK, so this is what we're going to work on, because then at that yeah, point, you're not. Letting yeah, it give me some baseline. So I have a foundation of where we're starting. But past that. Anything out here above this baseline, it, it's what it is through any conversation. Is it is it safe to say that that um, really the form is more for them than it is for you in many ways, right? So they can start to get those wheels turning, mm -hmm. right? They can start mm -hmm. pulling it out of the headspace down, writing it, bringing it more present, so that. And we've all we've all experienced it. I can think about it, get overwhelmed by it. Once I start writing it down, it makes it a little bit more real. And now like, oh, yeah, and there's this and this and this, too. The expression um, and discovery when you're connected with your coach is amazing. Uh -huh. You can pull more things out than even the client expected. There's several times that clients will say, well, I wasn't expecting to go there. Wasn't expecting quite to share that just yet. But they felt the rapport with you you've been clear on not setting an agenda, uh, even if you have a niche coaching, even though I have couples coaching, not setting that agenda and go into discovery with them actually is more golden than anything, I feel. And I think that ties into something that we've really, we talk about it a lot in level one and we drive it home even more. In, and it's that, element of the ICF evaluation where the start of every every session asking the client what do you want to get out of this session because it's their session they're the one paying for it they are the one defining the value and what they want to work on in that moment there's the the base idea of what they're coming into and you'll as you guys go through your coaching and your experiences you'll find that what they walk in the door with presenting that conversation will shift and go somewhere else, probably in about 25 minutes in. And through listening skills, being aware of the shift and asking about it, but it's it's the client who's, they're there for value and shift in their life. So putting it back on them of what do you, what do you wanna get out of this session? It's not about my agenda, it's theirs. I'm just there to facilitate the process. And so, I mean, again, that's the importance of the, the contract. It also serves, since we're talking contract, the the session contract as well, it serves so that you can have a, know sort of that you've achieved what you're accomplished, what you had intended for the sake of the session, which is beneficial in several ways, right? Mm -hmm. it, gives a, it gives a guidelines of what coaching is and isn't basically. Um, ICF has their uh, contract that you basically, they allow you to use, copy and paste it if you decide mm -hmm. to. You can create your own based on that. 
if you have to have a lawyer lingo, then you got to consult the lawyer. The idea, most of the time, coaching is much more simple than that, keeping it clear, the lines of the boundaries, um, just really clear. Phones are going cuckoo nuts. Sorry. Well, I, um, <laughs> well and we were, I was talking to you about that actual session contract, that, that moment when you say, what it, I mean, what, what have you come to work on today, essentially, or what do you want to accomplish in this session, that, that moment, and then circling back at the end of the meeting yeah. so that you have a very clear, I mean, that for me as a client, having been coached, knowing that I have accomplished that goal um, by the end of the session is very important to me. Um, and, and, and when it happens, it's amazing because I, and I feel like I've gotten my money's worth. I've gotten my value. I came here to do it and I have, I have gotten what I paid for, essentially. So, so we're talking about two coaching contracts. One is the defining what our roles are. The other contract, what Brooke is talking about right now, is about setting the boundary of what we're going to and focus of what we're going to discuss today in today's session, and then become aware of what the goal is by the end of the session. One is like written, and one's like your verbal mini. It's like you know your big goal, and then your <laughs> little ones. Jerome, do you have something you want to say? Quickly, uh, I have a question. Is is that common practice to actually have two separate contracts when it goes? You have to. Okay. As a it's coach, like the big. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. It's like the big picture of like here's what here's why I'm here as a client of what I want to achieve. So we've got the big framework out here of what where life is going. And then the session contract is kind of like the pathway leading up to that of what do I want to get today? What's the action I'm going to take coming out of this meeting that leads me to the next one, that action to the next one that leads to this place? Because, you know, the ultimate goal might be to make a million dollars, but there's going to be a whole bunch of steps along the way. And each one of those steps counts and is is a goal. And coaching is very similar in the sense that each session has, we have a major contract. This is what we're going to be coaching client together. But each session has its own mini sort of contract or step within it. Yeah. Oh, however, it can go the other way. What we talk, we spoke about the big picture and doing the steps to attaining it. I might not know what the big picture is yet. And I need to do the steps to figure out where yeah. it is I'm working towards. So where do you start? I'm just out of curiosity with that. I mean, how do if somebody who doesn't have a, a big picture plan, how do you get started with those? I mean, what's the, what's the first step with somebody who has no idea? Tell me where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. What do you Sometimes, like about it? What do you don't? Yeah. 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 There the, we go. the definitions, the defining of where they're at, where they're not wanting to go, where they are going and helping them find the link of what the possibilities are. Um, thank you guys for going off on the left field. There. <laughs> um, so let's circle back. Let's circle back to um, um, having a specialty. And let's talk a little more about that. Um, having a specialty and working it in your practice, selling yourself, using it to sell yourself, um, the importance of that. Um, I know I have my thoughts. I think it's insanely important. Um, how do you, how have you guys gone about narrowing that down uh, from your personal experience? Like how, how did you guys pinpoint, this is it, this is what I want to do. What was your process? Well, at least to go first. I'm, I'm right in the middle of really shifting mine right at the moment. So I'd, mm-hmm. I'll at least to go first. <laughs> All the so, pressure's on. Yeah. 
So the good news, I have practice talking about this. <laughs> when I started my own self-growth, um, it was always about relationships with um, doing the step of relationships and then the conversations I would have with others and help them with the relationships. It would be more individual concepts. Um, back in the day when I took the class myself, somebody said, why don't you why don't you become a couples coach? And I went, are you crazy? <laughs> but sit there in front of two arguing people. Why would I want to do that? And then, you know, I go, okay, let me try this and see what happens. And I loved it from the moment I started working in that direction. So for me, it hasn't been a shift. All conversations, <laughs> and when I look into the deeper conversations, tend to be about relationship, relationship with anything. And, and the process of learning about relationships and the boundaries and the uh, patterns and all of that kind of interesting uh, places and neuroscience they have added to all of this learning and growth is just so exciting i love this process and would not think about doing anything different today yeah so from i mean sounds to me like it's really exploring and seeing what resonates with you right and seeing yeah. what you can yeah. talk about what you can what you can live eat and breathe 24 7 essentially and have it be authentic coming from you right yeah, exactly. and that's, that's listening to yourself and others i think too but really because you're going to get a lot of information i do quickly want to say that one of the things is we harp on this concept of figuring out your specialty figuring out your narrowing it narrowing 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 but i think it's what's fair to say with because a lot of people have an aversion they're like but i want to do this this and this but in coaching that's just getting them in the door once you start coaching you'll find that everything in life is connected with people it's not just one thing is separated from one thing is separated from one thing so you're going to work in all areas with your clients in many ways right the idea is to be found when we're talking about narrowing down that focus is so that your target market can find you and hear you that you're for them so that they can go i want to hire that person to help me through this process and like you said other things show up during it couples coaching we talk about their business practices as well so we do executive i do executive coaching but it's also the relationship with <laughs> i just i don't want anybody to feel like they're losing out right like that they're, they're missing the idea is that you create a platform that you can be an expert in and that's why people trust you and hire you and you can do motivational speaking. Why? Because you can, they know for a fact you can speak on this and do it beautifully, but that doesn't mean within your practice, you won't expand the focus when you're one-on-one -on -one with a client. Dan, Dan. Yeah. And when you and think, think one more second and mm -hmm. think about, you don't have to forever be there. There's plenty of people that expand their practice once they get going for right now, just have the one so that your money and your time and your energy is working for you. Thank you, Dan. Go ahead. Oh, sure. And that brings <laughs> well, up a really important point. Go ahead, Brooke. I was just going to say, Dan, you're going through a transition with you, you were just stating. So it's kind of, it's, you can speak to this. Yeah. And I, I want to, before I go into my transition, I want to kind of ride on Lisa's coattails with that and also into the marketing of creating the niche. When people are looking for your service, they most likely are not going to Google and looking for a life coach. Mm -hmm. They're looking for the solution to their problem. 
that may not include the term life coach. Mm -hmm. The people who are going to Google or to other service sites and looking for a life coach are the people that are looking for the 40 or $50 an hour person. When you niche yourself in to this is who I work with and I solve a particular type of problem for this mm -hmm. individual. Now, when you are providing that value to your potential client and engaging them emotionally there of like, this person gets me and I'm willing to pay more to have this problem solved because they understand what I've been through. Now you are differentiating yourself out to be able to charge that higher rate of, you know, baseline a hundred bucks, 150 or more. So understand what the problem is your client's looking for and what they want to solve. Don't just say life coach because it, it means something, but it really means nothing because it's such a big umbrella that who are you when you're wearing that hat and who are you serving? To, oh, to use uh, a little Sam, a little simile analogy metaphor. So if you, if I had a problem, like uh, let's say I, yesterday I had um, hornets, we had, or uh, paper wasps is what we had. Um, I know I have a specific problem, Right. I'm going to hire, I'm, I'm going to search for an exterminator. I'm going to search for somebody that handles wasps. I'm going to, I'm not going to do a blanket search for a contractor or, you know what I mean? Right. Or just somebody I can uh, uh, hire. It's going to be very particular so that if originally we thought it was bees. So we wanted to make sure we had somebody who could handle rehoming bees if it were bees. And so we look for the problem specifically and we will, I would pay a premium, right? for somebody that can do it correctly, because I know they have experience and I know what they're doing. So if I had had bees, I want somebody that can remove them properly and take them with them and um, rehome them essentially. Uh, I wouldn't want to leave that to just anybody. So I would look for somebody who can do it and I expect to pay a little more. Why? Because I know there's, they are an expert in what they do. And that's what, that's what this, that's what niching, that's what, uh, you know, narrowing down your specialty is, is creating trust um, and, and creating, making yourself an expert. And that's why it's so important. You have to be passionate about it because you have to live, eat and breathe it essentially. Mm -hmm. um, when I started my practice, it was about when, when we did the exercise in class when you know, three years ago or so, when I took my ideal client was a guy 28 to 45 ish going through an existential crisis around work, figuring out his career, feeling like there was something bigger in life, but not really being clear on it. That's where I was three years ago. And that while that was my, the definition of my ideal client, I have male and female clients from ages 16 to 76, just because I identify it down to one. Now, at least I know who I'm talking to, but I've noticed in my clientele, my clientele really is more predominantly female, mm -hmm. tends to be, um, a woman with a more a more male energetic for very professional um where the the male clients i work with tend to have more of a female energy they're, they're softer they're not the the john wayne energy um so like my, my female clientele would be more like ripley from alien <laughs> so as that has defined even further in the past couple of months i i found that my the place that I have the most passion working with clients and, and where, where our interaction is, is just, just rolls so easily is a client who really wants to get in touch with their spiritual side and, and the, the meaning and purpose of their life. 
and also showing up and being seen that they've they've hidden themselves away because like all this stuff is a little weird and i don't i don't have many people i can talk to about it and just in the past two weeks that's even come another layer down where the the thing underlying that is that these these clients have an underlying story where they may or may not have been wanted as children. They may have been told you're an accident or they, they had this message of just having being separated from parent. And that's the, that's one of the reasons they're looking for something else is they never had the sense of nurturing and allowing to be seen. And that's shifting the messaging again. Like you mm -hmm. have a divine purpose. You are not an accident. You're here for a reason. And, you know, just saying that I can feel my heart singing even more because it's more than just find your purpose in life. It's, it's now down to you are not an accident and you have a reason. Let's find out what it is. That's beautiful. And that's, and hearing that we, so that's something we talk about often here is your heart singing. Like your that moment that, that like passionate, I can talk about this all day. I get excited about this. I want to help people with this. And that's like when your light turns on, um, yeah. your heart sings. And that's really what what when you as you narrow it down, one what Dan's talking about, I think is it's listening to yourself and listening to your client and not getting lost in the idea of what you think you you thought it should be, right? This is what it, I I set out for it to be. But taking a moment, stepping back and, and tuning in to the common links in your client, your clientele. Um, me personally, I built my business by listening to what the people around me needed um and going i can i can fill that purpose i can you know, that right there i can do and i kept hearing it over wait i can do that and um i just be, lived eat and breathe and that's <laughs> i can't say that enough but um if you want to be considered an expert on something you have to be an expert right um and whatever that means uh if, if you look at any of those programs that are out there of how to have like you want to sell something online and come up with your product and do all these things they will take they will all take you through the exact same thing it's and silly. one of those major steps will be figure out a problem that needs to be solved ask about it and then go solve it mm -hmm. and it'll only cost you twenty five thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars i'll sell it to you for 10 today if you sign up before the end of this webinar i will sell it for 10. the advanced step to that is create the problem and the solution Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that's the uh that's that's the marketing teach right there <laughs> mm -hmm. that's the google um <laughs> uh which is i remember the moment in doing when i was doing google ads and i was like they have created the problem and the solution and they're billionaires <laughs> they just did that with youtube like the, youtube was out there google bought it and then they started placing ads so they were they were selling to add placement to people who wanted their ads on YouTube. So they created the problem and now you can buy YouTube Red and make the ads go away. It's like, it's a dual income stream. Oh yeah, no, and that's the same, exactly, YouTube just did that. It's a, well, and that's Facebook and, and being, they want you to create a business page, right? But they're not gonna show your ad or your your posts unless you pay for an ad. <laughs> um, thanks, they just, and that's when you call it an algorithm. <laughs> all, this is, all this discussion that we're having is about really finally focusing your coaching model because mm -hmm. you'll have terms 
and vocabulary that people are going to be using when they're looking for you. And all of this that we're talking about, even the YouTube videos and the Facebooks, they do the same thing. So to be clear on what and who you are is going to be helpful. The, the, it, the, the universal truths of sales and marketing are, they're the same no matter what you're doing. Um, and that's why I laugh about this, the, well, we're going to teach you this new technique. No, no really, it's all, it's the same tried and true. I will say probably the only new thing that's really out there is neuromarketing. And that's simply because we're just learning information about how our brain actually works and how to appeal to that side of us. And so beyond that, it's the same. It's just the same information. You can Google it. You don't need to pay. I mean, <laughs> go out and look, it's there. Um, but sometimes I will say though, the reason a lot of people do a program like like Dan mentioned is because it gives you a motivation there there's a there's an accountability and that's what coaching is really it's an accountability and a motivation that gets you to just start to do it because again the answers are with within us it's sometimes about how do we get the ball rolling right um which is kind of what coaching is really uh, <laughs> to be fair right <laughs> um uh so one of the things we intended to talk about here is so we're once we have our specialty, once we have all this going on, and I'm an expert, how do I show what coaching is to more than one person at a time? Like how do I how do I incorporate coaching into my motivational speaking? How do I um, incorporate coaching into a group coaching set? I mean, how does that even work or function? Um, how can I be a motivational speaker speaker and call myself a coach? Um, can, what are your thoughts there? I've recently come to love group coaching. It was something I stayed away from. I just, I didn't quite understand how it worked until I experienced it. And group coaching is pretty amazing. So maybe you create a Facebook group or you create a, a group package. Maybe somebody, maybe some people can't afford your, your regular session rate. But if you find maybe 10 people who could pay a smaller rate and you do a class or a webinar, we, we're going to meet every week, Wednesday at three in the afternoon or whenever. And the 10 of you get together and you can talk into each one of what would you like to get out of today? What's your target? And maybe, maybe somewhere in that conversation, you go into a deep dive either with each person or with one in particular. It's weird how you're actually coaching the other nine people in the room even though you're focused on one. Can we do a, just like a pseudo mini sample? Like, sh so if Dan, if you're coaching, can you show us how you would do like a little mini group coach webinar, how you'd introduce that or start that with the three of us? Are you willing? I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> sure, absolutely. <laughs> hey, Jerome, hey, Lisa, hey, Brooke, how are you guys doing today? Hi. <laughs> so we're, we're here for our first meeting today. And uh, so just going around the table, Jerome, what, what would you like to get out of today's discussion? Um, today, I'd like to, if I could, speak about um, comfortability. I've been very uncomfortable in this space and time right now. I'm just looking at to, to find something to help me feel a lot more comfortable about my day-to-day. -day. Okay, comfortability in day-to-day. -day. Okay. Lisa, what would you like to get out of today? I have just recently moved and my desk has looked the same, even though I've moved it around a few times. <clears throat> I need to get, <coughs> excuse me, I can't even say it now, motivated into getting these files 
put away, organized, put away. What would getting those files put away do for you? Give me a clearer vision about my room and my desk. And mm -hmm. I think I would feel more at ease. More at ease, okay. And then, Brooke, what would you like to uh, get out of today's conversation? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit like uh, Lisa there. I have been, um, I've had a computer and two monitors, a desk, um, just sitting out here waiting for me to set it up. And I keep starting and not following through. I just don't, I just quit. I'm just like, I, I don't have the motivation, the energy, the, but I know it needs to get done and I know I'll be happier when it's done. Um, so it's, I'm definitely standing in my own way. So finding that internal motivation would be fantastic. <laughs> so I heard you saying, you know, you're standing in your own way. What's what's getting in the way of getting it done when you say you're you're going to feel better when it is done? <laughs> I know it's me being stubborn. Um, uh, I just I well, I can come up with a million excuses. But at the end of the day, it's me being stubborn um, over something that that I have no control over. And um, and so this is my way of expressing my control, I guess. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what is that thing you have no control over? Um, uh, well, it's I, I recently went through a breakup. <laughs> um, and in that uh, whole process, one of the, the the promises made was to have assistance with this. <laughs> um, and it's in my stubborn way, I'm like boycotting <laughs> the, putting it together, which is no, doing nobody any good except Yet for me, I gained some kind of satisfaction in knowing that it's not done. Um, I don't, it's absurd is what it is. <laughs> On a scale of one to 10, how much satisfaction are you getting out of not getting it done? Oh, oh two, two. <laughs> three, maybe. <laughs> if you were to imagine it being done, how much yeah. satisfaction would you have? Uh, a nine or a 10, <laughs> honestly, I would love it. I would be, I know because I'd feel like it was my space and I'd, I wouldn't feel scattered and it would just feel like home. And right now it doesn't feel like home. So. So why are you living your life at a level two in relation to an old relationship? Because I'm stupid. <laughs> um, there's no good reason or excuse apart from me. Um, uh, I guess mourning a little bit on some level. Mm -hmm. Mourning's understandable. Mm -hmm. Morning, morning is understandable. What is the time? When is the point when the morning ends and you begin moving forward? I keep saying it's today. <laughs> um, I had some really good Saturday motivation to do it. And, you know, I felt like my engines were running. Um, and then it just, uh, I don't know, I, I just lose the steam at some point. Um, Oh, I would like it. Okay, so I'm, what I'd like to do is set a deadline for myself. I would, because I, I know I can do that and I work well that way. I've always said I won't mope for more than 24 hours and I'm, I'm not moping, I'm, I'm <laughs> living, but. Um, would you I'll like think, to set that deadline or will you set that deadline? Oh, I am, I'm going to, I need to, I have to. Okay. And it's time I do. So it feels right and feels comfortable for me to do so. So okay. I'm gonna set, I'm gonna give myself 24 hours <laughs> 24 hours is up when uh so 24 hours it will be up i'm gonna give we'll say by five o'clock tomorrow so five o'clock tomorrow i need to be in action and in motion 
the office needs to be completed Friday. <laughs> okay. And tomorrow, just so we have clarity, five o'clock tomorrow is what? Uh, five o'clock tomorrow is I need to start working on it. Like I need no, I mean, to the date. progress. Oh, the date? Tomorrow uh, never comes. Uh, oh, yes. Okay. You're very good. July 29th. <laughs> July 29th of? We're tomorrow too. <laughs> That's kind of a really cool day. Sorry to interrupt. Just amazingly cool day. Just saying. Just kidding. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell me more. It is a cool day. <laughs> cool day. Tell me more about July 29th being a cool yeah. day. <laughs> Tell us more. I'm just interrupting. I was no, we're, no, we, everything happens in it's flow in a group session. Birthday. Tell me about it's your birthday. Ooh, my birthday. Tw happy birthday, Eve. <laughs> So, Brooker, how are you feeling? You're feeling complete right now? I feel good. I feel good. I feel, I'm, I, let's say Friday. So, Friday is what date is Friday? Uh, the first or the second? Friday is. is in, it's the 31st. Okay. Oh, it's the 31st. Yeah. 31st. Friday, so, the 31st, my desk will be in place. My monitors will be up. My computer will be set up. Um, it will be in existence, period. And I will have ordered my chair. So I'm just being very clear for myself what my goals are, because if I'm not, I will not, I will skirt my way around them. <laughs> not to predict that anything will get in the way, mm -hmm. but what is your commitment level to making sure that all of this is accomplished by five o'clock tomorrow and the rest of it by the 31st? Seven. I'll say Seven. no eight, eight. We'll say an eight. A comfortable eight to that commitment. Okay. I feel like it should be a 10, but. <laughs> How are you going to help us hold you accountable? Um, I'm going to check in on with you guys, if you don't mind. I'll just, I'll just send you a, a message, say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Uh, I've gotten this done. And then on Friday, I'll send you pictures of the, the, the office. <laughs> so look forward to it. So uh, are, are you feeling complete on the call now? I feel good and it feels nice to have expressed that. <laughs> okay, very good. So let's see, who do I want to go to next? Let's go. I feel like there's some there's some transition there. Let's go to Lisa. You were talking about kind of similar situation, getting things put away. How how are you feeling right now? What would you like to focus on? Uh gosh. I'd like to get it done tonight. I think I could get it done tonight. Tonight. I don't even today must be the twenty-eighth. <laughs> What's the, what's the think I could? Um, well, there's some of it that I won't be able to get done. So the think part is I can get the majority of it done tonight. Um, and the rest later. And the later is because there, I'm waiting for some things. Okay. So, so when you say majority, what to get clarity on the majority that could be done, what does that mean specifically? Um, all the colorations that are on my desk can be moved into a place of a home. File. I hate filing. File. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give it a new name. I hate filing. What's that new name? What would the new name be so it's not filing? It's home. Home? <laughs> You're rehoming. You're homing. Yeah. I'm homing the files. 
not filing the files. <laughs> What's another name for the file so we don't even carry that well, energetic into it? Uh, or it's just that I don't have another name. Okay. Yeah. I thought pockets. <laughs> it would be more of the same. It became work. It became. <laughs> the client icons. Yeah. Responsibility pockets. There you go. <laughs> like a hot pocket. <laughs> but I think to identify what we're doing right now is really good because we're all interacting. We're all joking. Jerome's kind of watching, but he really feels present. And that's what happens in group coaching. It's exactly what happens. You kind of bounce off of each other. You you just here and there, you get serious, and the flow can be really amazing for the process. If I can give my two cents, um, very present, I, based off of everything I'm hearing from both of you guys, I'm immediately gathering that information and also applying it to kind of the position and state that I am in right now, and internally already working some things out within myself, even without Dan directly speaking to me, which is amazing. It's I think just the space to be able to um, open up to yourself a bit deeper is uh, presented in a group, group, at least for me it is, in a group coaching session. And there's two things I want to share here in, in the experience. And one, um, so the idea that everybody's getting something from each other. It's important when you're holding the space of, of, of the, as the leader of the group that you set the ground rules going in. Mm -hmm. That if there is going to be interaction, that's okay. Or maybe you say, you know, no coaching without permission. So that just, just to set the boundaries on how the interaction takes place so that everybody knows. The other thing, this, and I love this question, so I'm going to throw it out to everybody. Just take a minute, all three of you, and think about another person in the group. And without saying their name, what piece of advice would you give to them around their topic? Don't say their name. I'll give you like 10 seconds and then I'll go one by one and just say your piece of advice without adding the person's name. Mine's a fix. How do you, I mean, I don't That's okay. I said, what piece of advice would you give? You're not given the name. Just what piece of advice would you give to that person? There's a game behind this. That's why I'm doing okay. it. Well, I would say, um, I can be present for the building of equipment while I'm filing. Okay. Brooke, what is, well, that's an offer. That's not a piece of advice. What piece of advice would you give them? You can do this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brooke, you can, okay. So Lisa's advice was you can do this. Brooke, what is your piece of advice for someone in the room? Um, you are fantastic and perfect and spectacular just the way you are <laughs> you are fantastic spectacular and perfect just the way you are jerome what is your piece of advice for someone in the room body that gets in motion stays in motion <laughs> excellent now i'd like you to all three of you take that piece of advice that you gave to somebody else and apply it to yourself and that's where the perceptual filters come in mm -hmm. Mm -hmm and also the magic of group work. Good job. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh, I see why you like that, Dan. <laughs> You're sneaky. <laughs> um, so, so the idea, I think, with the takeaway, since we're reaching the close to the end of our time here, um, the is that everybody, we all, one, we're, we have a self filter. So when anybody else is speaking, we're always applying it to ourselves. <laughs> um, we have a, a, a selfish filter, I guess you could say, which isn't a bad thing, right? It's just we we can we, we are always seeing how the world relates to us, right? And so when other people share, we do the same thing. So we learn in that process. And then um, the other amazing and beneficial thing there too is, is when you're in the moment being coached too, there is a, a catharsis and a, a, a very cool thing with having that community, that bond, that connection of people around you and a, a sense of support in the right group coaching situations too that, that um, is it's just very uh, special and irreplaceable in many ways. Uh, and this is just one example of what you can do in a group coaching. There's multitudes of different types of group coaching. You could be the um, lecturer and have the group go and practice, kind of like what we do in our program. I mean, there's just all sorts of different ways to interact with each other. You just have to decide for you who you want to be in this picture as the facilitator and what your intentions are for that direction. I also think it's important to understand what you're comfortable with, right? So where you feel natural, don't try to fit yourself in, put a square peg in a round hole, you know, just because everybody is doing a 12 week program with a slide presentation and a workbook doesn't necessarily mean that that needs to be you, right? Um, do what is a natural fit for you and for your, your group, your audience and what works for them too. Um, and just so it's being self-aware when you're coaching and you're, you're designing these sort of things, but test them out too, though. You never know unless you try. Right? Well, and that's what I'm going to say. Don't stunt yourself either, right? Because this is a growth process for you as well. It's a continual growth and expansion of who you are in this process. Um, quickly, uh, Dan, I know you've done some speaking out there and done speaking engagements, and I know that's a big question for people. Um, how do you get speaking engagements? What do you do? And, and what do you typically talk on? I'm curious. <laughs> I have a variety of topics. So I do some stuff around spirituality. I do some stuff around business, particularly my, my background in business and creating alignment. Um, I've put together a, a, a search within Google that anytime call for speakers comes up, I, I automatically that. get that that mm -hmm. link. And then I see if it's it's something I want to talk out and I apply. Um, I also work with a speaking organization that brings leads to me. That's That was an important phase for me. Toastmasters is an incredible place to practice and launch yourself into that, that world as well. There's many of our students, we've been very, very lucky to have many of our students do very well with Toastmasters and won many awards. So get out there, practice. If you're comfortable speaking on the fly, do it. If you're not, practice so that you do become comfortable. Um, and that's where that mastering your craft is. If you, if you, it's something you're talking about all the time. See, and that's what I always say to people. So see how it applies to every aspect of your life. 
because when I'm at the grocery store, I talk to the clerk about coaching. When I'm at the end marketing, when I'm at anywhere I go, I find a way to work it in. And that's so that it becomes second nature. And it's not only that, but it's also marketing. <laughs> but but it's so that it, it, it can I can be an expert in my field. I, I, I practice it all the time. Um, and I do that. Don't be afraid to do that. <laughs> and Nobody know when to turn okay. it off, too. <laughs> yeah. Nobody will know about you if you don't put yourself out there to be seen. And if you there, there is that place of being appropriate with it. Um, if, if you don't have the passion to talk to somebody about it, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very and if you don't believe in yourself enough to talk to somebody about what you do, why are you doing it? It just comes so naturally, no matter where we are, any of us. It just comes natural to be interested in the light switch when that light switch is on when it starts to flow um i will say i don't think it's fair to say why are you doing it i think we should ask them what what is making you not believe in yourself what's standing in your way <laughs> that's my judgmental stuff you? coming through on my why questions <laughs> i own it i own it <laughs> um any final thoughts, Jerome? Do you have anything you want to add? Do you have any, uh, as we go around here, we, we talked about all kinds of stuff. We just let it flow a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we have a little bit of time. Um, just really quickly, because this comes up a lot, and I just want to drive it home here for everybody, if we can. Um, is it fair to say that your niche, which we spoke about earlier today, um, will change and evolve as you do? Uh, and then also on top of that, can it handicap you to believe that you want to switch, but you also believe that you're already good at this. So I'm going to stick with this. Is there's just a little bit of space to talk about that? So it can be any of the above. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, I really have not switched uh, the direction that I'm working. I had gone through a period where I thought I was really going to move more in the executive coaching world or the entrepreneur world to be that uh, safe space for somebody to bounce ideas off of. And um, I'm thinking, why, why am I upsetting the turnip truck? I'm, I love what I'm doing. I enjoy the process. I get flavors of it already. Do I need to change things? So for me, I didn't. But there's plenty of our students that have started off in one direction and ended up somewhere completely opposite or different not even in the same category, there, there is no wrong. It is about you finding your passion, growing with it, engaging with it, and blossoming from there. Dan? The same. I mean, mine started off, as I mentioned earlier, with kind of a, a really big picture. And going to the metaphor of, of where my my ideal client has dialed down to it's almost like that lens there was kind of like some dirt on the lens from driving and as i've as i've driven a bit the windshield wipers are getting the lens clearer and clearer and clearer and it i'm still doing this but i've just evolved the messaging a little bit more i will say what okay so what is really standing out to me being somebody that has attended our classes many times and then um what we do is and in clarifying this is something we teach and that is cooperative communication that is communicating that is communicating with your client and listening listening to them listening to yourself 
having that self check-in and doing what's right and revealing you reveal stuff like as you go through and you listen and you listen deeper and you and deeper and deeper new stuff comes up right and that's just because we're multi-layered things and so it's bound to happen within your business too um and as you change and evolve things will change and evolve within it you know i've i even though you say you, you haven't changed lisa couples coach brand the couples coach business has evolved and changed right clci has evolved and changed um yeah. and it's based on on sort of again like dan said clarifying you know wiping down the wind and starting to understand and listen yeah. to your client and yourself more and learn more about yourself right and and yeah. your client as well so yeah. mm -hmm. uh cooperative communication applies everywhere <laughs> So um, I think that's it. I think we're out of time. Thank you guys so much for watching. I forgot I had to end this. Um, <laughs> uh, if you guys like this, make sure you share, follow, like, comment. We will respond to you. We'll be doing a watch party after this. And thank you. We'll be here next Tuesday at 1. Right. Bye, Happy birthday, Eve, Lisa. Happy birthday, Eve. Happy birthday, Eve. Eve. Happy birthday, Lisa. <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.